0: Welcome back, everybody, to another Octoberish episode for the Halloween season. My name is Paul Dolsky, and here with me is the lovely fiance
1: Tessa Baker,
0: and we also have with us none other than
1: Stacy Cox.
0: Yes, and well. We got some interesting stuff going on, and in the background, you might hear, um, Miss Amara trying to put in her two cents, because, well, um, she's now part of the, uh, horror family, so she's gonna probably be putting in her two cents every now and then, so don't feel bad. Otherwise, uh, you know, same with Stacy then. um... You know, maybe somebody over there wants to uh, put in their two cents. So, anyway, we got a little interesting thing going on. Um, We're going to try something different. Yes, I'm getting to it, Amara. Chill. Just chill, Amara. Stop. We get it. You're excited for the holiday just like we all are. Just hang on a minute. Okay, so we got three stories that we want to share. And... Well, we're going to read them to you, but we're also going to discuss them. So what we're trying to also say is what we read to you, we don't really own the copyright to, but they are owned by the respective authors that we will be mentioning. And yes, Amara, I did get to it, okay? (laughs) Do you want to tell us how we're doing this episode then? No? Now you want to be quiet? Oh, okay. Yeah, now you want to be quiet? Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, apparently, I guess Amara wants to, like, call, like, run the show now. So, anyway. um, Yeah. So, we're basically going to just, like, read it. And we're going to discuss why we picked it, etc., and discuss it like we are reviewing it. Kind of like what we did with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is kind of the reason why this episode kind of got uh, talked about to do. Basically, we chose a story that we all either like, or love, or f- one of our favorites, or something new, but it's interesting in a new way. Anyway, before I blabber on anymore, let me get to my story, which is from a book that was published in October of 1996 by the author Judas Stamper, because I loved this book when I was a kid. and even to this day, even though I'm like almost 33 years old, um, I figured I still love this goddamn book. And now that Amara is in our lives, that maybe I will read it to her when she's a little bit older. And maybe once I'm dead and gone, she can like, you know, have the book for her uh, children, and pass on the book until it's old, wrinkly, and falls apart on the floor. Anyway, so this book is called Five Goofy Ghosts. The author is Judith Stamper. It is a level four, like, hello reader type of uh, guide. But anyway, I always found this story interesting, especially when it came to, like, you know, a scary story to tell in the dark. And Amara, are you saying you like this story, too, even though you've never even heard it yet? Okay.
1: I think she's excited because you're actually going to read.
0: Yeah, probably. Because
1: it's usually me reading to
0: her. Yeah. So let me let me actually do this right now, even though you guys can't see it. So I'm gonna face Amara, and I'm going to try to read it to her and see what see what happens. Oh yeah, you like that idea? Yeah, I bet you do. Okay, hang on. <laughs> so Amara, Amara, okay, Daddy's gonna read you a story called "The Hairy Toe." Are you ready? Okay, I think you're ready. All right, here we go. (coughs) The Hairy Toe. Once there was a girl who was very curious. This girl liked to hunt around for strange things. In fact, she had a collection of strange things. She had a snake skin. She had a toad skeleton. She had a piece of Moss. She had lots of other strange things too. See? See, Amara? Alright, we'll turn the page here somehow. Yes, Tessa, thank you very much. You can turn the, the page. page for me. Uh oh. She's spitting up. Anyway, one day, the girl passed by an old house. A ghost was supposed to live in this house. The girl went in anyway, just to look. And what did she find? What is that, Amara? A hairy toe! (gasps) Anyway. Wow! The girl said.
2: A hairy toe for my collection!
0: She picked up the hairy toe and ran home. Yeah, what a stupid move, right, Amara? Yeah, that's right, you tell him. She set it on the table with her collection. That night, the girl fell asleep right away, but a voice woke her in the middle of the night. Ooh, God, my hairy toe. The girl felt a shiver creep over her. She pulled her blanket higher over her chin. Then she heard the voice again, but closer.
2: Who's
0: got my hairy toe? The girl could see the hairy toe on the table. It seemed to be shining in the moonlight. Then a cold breeze swept through the room, and she heard the voice once again, but louder. Who's got my hairy toe? A white shape moved across the room. The girl knew it was the ghost. She trembled underneath the covers. The ghost came closer and closer. Who's got my hairy toe? The girl jumped out of bed and ran for the table. She picked up the hairy toe. Take it, she yelled. She threw the hairy toe at the ghost. The ghost ran away with his hairy toe.
2: Oh, goody,
0: he said. I've got my hairy toe back. And the girl never saw him again. And that was the hairy, tall, ladies and gentlemen. So, I hope that was a, the amazing narration of a story for a kid story you'll ever hear. Anyway, on to the discussion now. So, 1996. Um, God, what is that? 24 years? Um, or something like that? <sighs> like, yeah, 24 years. Um... Wow, you know, I still remember that story because, like, I think I even brought it up when it came to the conversation of the scary story telling the dark because of the the, the Toe uh, story that we got, which we also kind of saw in the scary story, the tell in the Dark uh, movie, even though they switched it up a little bit in the movie compared to the story itself, I believe. Because it was, like, in the soup. And in the book, it wasn't, like, in a soup. It was, like, um... oh, God, I don't have the book in front of me right now. But anyway, go back to the episode of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and about the movie. And we kind of did, like, a comparison between, like, the book and the movie. So, anyway, uh, 24 years later... I still love those stories in there. Uh, the the hairy toe looks like Amara really had fun uh, um, listening to me and seeing the uh, lovely pictures, too. So, I guess I picked that just because, well, one, it's a nice little touch of, like, a toe, which um, I want to get into, which is, like, what the hell is up with Toes in, like, weird, scary stories? Because, like I just said, there's one in this book, Five Goofy Ghosts, and there's one in the scary stories, to tell in the Dark. So what the hell is with these Toes? Um, I don't know, I mean... It's always interesting to see to read something about a toe, I guess. And like, I guess you could always find yourself getting creeped out, especially if you watch the movie of scary stories in the town in the dark. Because, uh, yeah, the boy eats the toe or something like that. So, exactly. yeah, it was in
1: the stew.
0: yeah, it was in the stew, and then he actually no, he took a bite out of it. I think. No,
1: he took a, he took it on a spoon, whole
0: thing, and. And ate it. Ate it. Yeah. So, it was quite interesting, I guess. Um, I don't know really what else to say about it, except for if you eighties, you have any thoughts about this, of what the hell is up with the, like, scary stories that involve Toad. But, yeah, I mean, I I have nothing left except for what I'm interested in with story, except for that this time it's Harry, and it's not in a stew. So, um... With well, that being said, oh, Stacey? Honestly,
2: um, if it has to do with a tell, I love it because my favorite scary story is with scary stories the tell in the dark, the big toe. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's anything to do with a tell, I love it, whether it's Harry or not, or what, <clears throat> sorry whether it's hairy or not, or
1: whether it's in a suit or not. I love it. I think the idea of just using appendages appendages or body parts in, in horror is just interesting. And, um, like Stacy and Paul both said, it, you know, whether it's hairy or not, it's it's just great. And I guess it adds a little bit Something extra to the story. So it kind of makes you kind of second guess before you take a bite out of stew or anything like that. You want to say anything, Amara? Do you want to say anything? Hmm?
0: No, she's been cl- quite quiet. I think she wants to hear another story. So who's up next?
1: I can go next if you want to hold her.
0: All right. So Ketta has the next story now, and um, you have one that's very interesting. So here you go.
1: Um, the one that I chose is Witch Woman, and it's a uh, it's from a book that does legends and folk tales from all around the world. And the title of the book is called 30 Spine Tingling Tales, Even More Short and Shivery. And it's um, retold by Robert D. Sansucci and illustrated by Jacqueline Rogers. So, with that being said, which woman originates from. The United States African-American Tradition. And it goes a little something like this. Late one night, a traveler down south lost his way in a dreary swamp. He was exhausted and desperate for shelter and faint with hunger when he spotted a lonely cabin. Encouraged by the light in the cabin's single window, he rapped on the door. An old woman answered, though her skin... "'was wrinkled, and it had, a she- it had the sheen of hand-rubbered leather. "'Her eyes were soft and shone in the light of the candles she held. "'For all her years she moved with the, ease- with the easy grace of a cat. "'Hat in hand,' the man politely said, "'If you can just get me a hunk of corn pone or a slice of bacon "'and maybe a place to bed down, I'd be willing to pay anything.' "'Anything?' asked the woman with a curious smile. "'Truth, ma'am. I ain't got but a few pennies,' said the traveler, "'but you're welcome to em if you can spare me even a crust of bread.' Her smile grew bigger. "'I don't want your coin,' she said. "'But I can give you better than a crust of bread, and you'll have a place to sleep. "'Come in, and in the morning you can do some chores for me.' The hungry man's mouth began to water when he saw a well-filled skillet cooking over the hot coals in the fireplace. The smell of frying ham made his stomach growl. The woman sat him down at a table, and then she gave him a plate heaped with meat and greens and cornbread. It tasted so good, he ate until he felt fit to burst. After all the food, he was ready to sleep. He reminded her that she had promised him a bed for the night. "'You can sleep in the woodshed,' she answered. "'But mind you, don't bother me until morning. "'I'm an old woman, and I need my rest.' "'At this, she smiled the biggest smile ever. "'The man gratefully took the bit of blanket she gave him "'and made himself a bed in the woodshed, "'but once he had bedded down, he found he could not sleep. "'A night wind circled the shed restlessly.' The cries of an owl and the churnings and scratchings under the floorboards disturbed him. Across the yard, he saw the old woman's window blazing brightly. If she was still awake, he decided he would go and talk with her. The night was spooking him that much. To be sure that she wasn't asleep, he peeked in the window. To his surprise, he saw the woman doing a juba dance in the middle of the floor. She stopped and took a big gridiron down from the wall and raked it full of hot coals from the fireplace. Then she hauled her spinning wheel over and sat down on the gridiron. Soon her skin seemed to glow as red as the coals. Suddenly she pinched a bit of her chin skin between her fingers, drew it like a thread to the spinning wheel, and began to spin the skin right off her body. Over and over, she sang, Spin and turn, burn, coal burn, Turn and spin, come off skin. In horror, the man watched her spin all all of her skin off her body. And as the skin threads pulled away, they revealed an enormous tawny yellow cat underneath. The creature pushed the heap of unraveled skin under the bed, saying, Lie there, skin. I've got business to ten. Tomorrow, when that fellow has done his chores, I'll have him for supper. Cackling, she leapt through the window while the man hid. Then the cat bounded into the forest as fast as a panther. With the creature out of the swamp, the man didn't dare run off. Yet he would be worse when she returned. At first, he thought his situation was hopeless. Then he had an idea. Slipping into the cabin, he dragged the skin from underneath, under the bed, and then he poured pepper and salt into the witch's, witch woman's skin. Finally, he put the skin back under the bed. Shaking with nervousness, he went back to the woodshed. Hours passed as he waited, trembling, and at last he heard heavy paws pad towards the cabin. There was silence. He held his breath, peeking through the, the knot hole. Suddenly, terrible screams and moans erupted from inside the cabin. The witch stumbled into the yard, trying to pull off her own old woman's skin. You did this, she bellowed, pointing her finger at the woodshed. Still tugging at her skin, she lunged across the yard. As she did, she began to change into something that was half cat, half woman. Thunk! She flew herself at the cabin door. Thump! Thump! For a minute, he held the door shut, and then the creature's weight splintered the old wood. Cat paws at the ends of human arms snatched at him, but he skedaddled backward up the pile of sawn logs behind him. The stacked wood collapsed and rolled towards the snarling catwoman, and she stumbled and fell just long enough for him to get to the door. She didn't follow. He crept back close enough to see that the salt and pepper had vexed her so that all she could think about was pulling off her old skin. She didn't notice the sun beginning to rise. The man turning to run when the cat's shape, free of the salted skin, leapt into the yard, but the witchy thing was meant only for night. When the sunlight touched the creature's fur, it Gave a terrifying yowl. And fell down dead. Without another look. The, ter- the traveler fled. Into the lightning forest. The end. So. This was a book. That I actually stumbled upon. I had recognized. The cover from somewhere. It seemed familiar to me. But I couldn't place it. I chose this story because I like folktales and legends and things from all over the world. I even have a book on demonology that has apparently demons listed in it from all over the world by different cultures, etc., etc. So it only seemed fitting that I would choose a story that was a folktale or a legend, and I just thought the witch woman was just interesting because she was a shapeshifter in a way. She could spin her skin off through a spinning wheel and turn into a cat. And without her old woman's skin, she would pretty much fall dead and not survive the sun. So... I thought it was kind of interesting. What did you guys think of it?
0: Well, you always do learn uh, different things from different uh, countries and cultures. And it's always interesting and fascinating of what other people uh, go and look at specific things, I guess. Like, it's always different than uh, other countries.
1: How about you, Stacy? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. So and good choice, huh? <laughs> yes, and a few
2: times actually, like kind of like like my eyes kind of like exploded. Like, wait, what? Yeah, I enjoyed it.
1: Okay. With that being said, what story do you have to tell us, Stacy?
2: Okay, so I actually changed up my story for Little Amara. Um, I was going to read something from the Nightmare Society, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to read a story for Little Amara. And this one is called Beware the Haunted Legs by Brian Cook.
0: Did <clears throat> you hear that, Amara? stacy has got a story for you now.
2: They all, no, they had all been warned about the Haunted Legs. But nobody knew where they came from. Nobody knew when they would appear. But everyone had the same reaction when they did. The legs never wanted to scare anyone. They were just trying to make friends. They spent most of their time doing normal things, like grocery shopping. Walking the haunted pals or swimming, the, the haunted legs have lots of hobbies, but they can only have so much fun when they're alone. So one day, the haunted legs decided to set out on a quest to find a friend. They looked in cold places, they looked in warm places, they went to a circus and hung out at a playground, they toured an art museum, They where they found a hobby, but no friends. Getting a job didn't seem to help, and winning contests didn't either. Friends always seem to laugh together, but nobody understood the Hunter Lakes jokes, and the ones who didn't were very friendly no and the ones who did were very friendly. They tried to join a team, but they didn't make the cut. Birds didn't want any friends, and dogs were already man's best friends. Even a disguise didn't seem to help, no matter where they went or what they did. The haunted legs couldn't seem to find a single soul who wanted to be a friend. Still, they kept searching and searching. And searching. Until one night, the haunted legs met the bottomless door the After that, the haunted legs haunted no more. The end. That's for you, Amara. Hello.
0: Hello. Yep. That's it. That's the
2: story.
0: Hmm. Well, I think she approved. Yeah, I think she approved. She was like I try to was was talking but we weren't talking, but yeah. She uh she definitely seemed interested in
2: that (laughs) violence.
0: So um, very interesting story though, nonetheless, and
1: yeah, I quite enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so,
0: so what? Did, what do you like about the story, Stacy?
2: I like that they try to um, not try they humanize the hunterlings. Like but when it comes to villains, you know we. Don't always think about the villains, but the villains matter too. And a lot of times, the villains have a story to tell, and that's what I like about this. Like the haunted legs are not really—they're not a villain by choice,
0: right? It's—it's it's how pe- society made them or turned yeah. per se. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Cause that's like, um, in a way, that's almost like the original prom night. If right. anybody, if, if anybody remembers that, I mean, look at the um, the the uh, I want to say jan- janitor. Like we we were supposed to take him as like a creepy guy, even though he was strange. And kind yeah, of creepy, yeah. but in a way, near the end of the movie, spoiler alert if you've never seen the original prom night, but come on now. Um, you know, the janitor guy was actually trying to, you know, warn everyone that there was the a killer on the on the loose. but because of the way society looked at him being the creepy, the creepy janitor, as I'm going to uh, phrase it, he kind of got his whole the killer on the uh statement kind of like, you know, it went over everybody's head. So that's what that story kind of reminds me of, especially in the way that you just mentioned that you know, we don't always think about the villains.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah, the the villains are always looked at wrongly. You know, and until you know their story, you hate them too. Until you know their story, and you know what show got me to that? That was Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time got me into, like, wait a minute, what if the villain is not really a villain?
0: Exactly. We just turned them into one.
2: Exactly, yes. Yes, just like the Dark Queen or the, the evil bush Dark Queen. Like, wait a minute, she was not always evil. She just, you know, because of what happened to her, it became that way. So we need to think about the villains, too.
0: That's right, Amara. Yeah, put in your two cents. Tell them that the villains need a voice, too.
2: Yes, yes. the vi- Villains' lives matter. Villains' lives matter. They do.
0: Yeah, tell them. Tell them, Mara. <laughs> yeah, putting your hands up, you know, nobody can see that you don't care, and yeah. <laughs> like, you just don't care, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That that it? That all you got to say? <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh yeah? Oh, <laughs> okay. Yep. She she approves that yes, the villain need a voice too. Oh Yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Any final words, Amara?
2: Oh, I cannot wait to scoop her up and kiss her. <laughs> oh, Oh, she's everybody,
1: so everybody thinks she's the cutest thing.
2: She is adorable. I cannot wait to scoop her up and kiss her. <laughs>
1: like like I told Paul, we make a beautiful baby.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, she's so adorable. And yeah. you have London in the background like adorable. <laughs>
0: yeah, I heard that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh, right? <laughs> and, but, yeah, that, that, that's exactly, you know, what it is when it comes to the villains. They all need their voice, too. And um, they were always villains, you know? Exactly. So what happened to them were made them that way, and they need their story told, too. Okay. So when it comes to the haunted leg, or beware the haunted leg, I think about that. Like, they're all scared of this ha- these haunted legs, but you don't know the story behind the haunted legs.
0: That's right. That's right. And that's a good way to end it on a villain neat voice, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Amara. <laughs> so, we,
1: so we hope you all enjoyed the episode.
0: That was three spooky little tales and Amara's opinion about Well actually Amara, which one did you like? <laughs> uh 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 you don't know either. Okay, got it. All
2: right.
0: I think you liked them all then from the sound of it. I don't know if anybody heard that. So anyway, she couldn't make up her mind it looks like. Um So, once again, mine was from The Five Goofy Ghosts, The Hairy Toe.
1: And mine was from The Thirty Spine-Tingling Tales.
2: (laughs) And mine was Beware the Haunted Legs from Brian Cook.
0: And so, I guess, check out those three books. For more spookiness, especially if you want some uh, five goofy ghost tales for your kids, if you have any, and uh, stuff like that, especially if you want to read to your kids and make them read on a level four grade, which I will say the illustration for the five goofy ghosts is by Tim Raglan, which I didn't mention earlier, but I will put him into the account as well. So, Tim Ragwin did the, uh, illustration for five goofy ghosts and what a perfect way for Halloween in October to start up. So on that note, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed our little spooky goodness. If you did like it, let us know what type of stories you guys enjoy. What one do you have to read every year, or if you have a favorite uh, story when you were little that you'll have to, you know, uh, read to yourself or something? Let us know in the comments below, or email us and stuff, and if you have any suggestions, maybe we can uh, figure out something there as well. And next up, we'll probably talk about either more stories or more... I'm sorry, Amara, what? (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay, so I think I know what you're trying to say. You want some suggestions on baby stories. Yeah? Okay. So if you have any, like, baby story spookiness, send them our way for Amara, because she wants more spookiness.
1: She wants more books, so we've been, we've been, we started a collection for her, so.
0: That's right. We got some uh, Banting Bears today, too. So, maybe we can read one of those for Amara soon. I'm going to get her
2: Goosebumps.
0: Ooh, Goosebumps is another one. And speaking of Goosebumps, I will say this real quick. R.L. Stein put out his latest, uh series for the Garbage Pail Kids because R.F. Dine is now doing the Garbage Pail Kids so check that out too and yes, yes Amara I know, I know we told them that you want more books I don't know how much more clearer we can get you want them now I know, I understand (laughs) alright, well yep Yeah, you tell them.
1: Well, with that being said...
0: We hope you enjoyed. Send us some suggestions. And um, on that note... (coughs) That's right. You tell them. Say now. I want them now. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, everybody. And always remember to... Stay stay scary. scary.